You're listening to Jewish Matters with Rabbi Jonathan Feldman. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Jewish Matters podcast. Tonight we're in our series on Jewish spirituality, Going Deeper, and we're going to talk about putting passion back into prayer. So the story is that uh, there's a guy who uh, goes up, rabbi goes up to heaven, passes away, gets to the gates, and uh, there's someone at the gate, one of the angels, and it says, hold on, hold on a sec, you need to get in line. It says a long line, the rabbi says, well, you know, I was the rabbi, I have to stand on this line. He says, yeah, like everyone else. So the rabbi goes on the line. And he's waiting. And then he sees someone walk by. And he's upset. So he goes up and he says, wait a second. Who's he? Why does he get to go in? Guy says, that's the taxi driver. He says, the taxi driver? Why would he go in and I, the rabbi, don't go in? And so the angel says to him, Rabbi, when you were speaking, people fell asleep. When the taxi driver was driving, people were praying. So why is it that in times of crisis, that's when we're really able to pray? That's when we can really talk to God. And people in our society, we talk to friends, we talk to therapists, We talk to, people like to listen to talk shows, group therapy. Why not talk to God as well? And especially in these times, these have been very trying times. And many of us have felt isolated at uh, at different moments and are much more isolated than we were. So also the high holidays are around the corner a month from this week. And uh, we're going to be praying. We're going to be, and maybe even more isolated or praying without a community. So it's beneficial for us to look at prayer and try to understand what is prayer about. And tonight we're going to talk about, in order to really get to the bottom of prayer, we'll talk about why we pray. And by getting to those fundamental points, hopefully, through that we'll be able to reinvigorate our prayers. And the first step to understanding this is to see that there are many different aspects of prayer. And we're going to focus on three. We're going to talk about prayer as meditation, prayer as internal awareness. Two, we're going to talk about prayer as transformation, that the experience of prayer should change us. And three, we're going to talk about prayer as connection. So meditation, transformation, and connection. So let's talk about the first one. Prayer is meditation. So we had a whole session on Jewish meditation last week. But the expression, the term for it is called hitbodidut, which literally means self-isolation. And we talked about how the men of the Great Assembly used to wait an hour before actually even starting prayer. Because the first step of prayer is being able to turn inwards and have an inner consciousness. To do that, we need to, in a sense, separate ourselves, pull away from our, the everyday world. And that's why praying in the morning, first thing, the first thing we do after we wake up and get dressed is so powerful because in a sense, we're still a clean slate. 
And I've always found Mincha, the afternoon prayer, particularly difficult because that's when we're coming out of a full days of experience. And we have to calm the chatterbox of our mind. And it's like the static on a radio. And if we don't clear it, then it's hard. If the more we clear it, the better will reception we'll have in terms of prayer. And so the first step of prayer is turning inward and connecting to our inner self, finding that that small, still voice within us so that we can then open ourselves up and open up our deepest dimension to the Almighty. The other thing about prayer is simply that uh, prayer's meditation is that it's connecting to a higher place. Like I said, it's pulling away from the mundane. It's trying to focus on the important things in our lives and trying to focus upon beyond what is simply right in front of us. Trying to reconnect to the deeper dimensions of life and of our world. And so I would recommend, first of all, to just take a couple of minutes before we pray and just gather our thoughts and say, okay, what am I about to do? And why am I doing this? And am I in the right headspace? Rabbis say you shouldn't be too joking, shouldn't be sad, you should be in a state of joy, but a focused purpose. So that's the first step of wanting to connect to something higher, of being able to separate from the mundane. Now, part of the challenge is that uh, we think we pray because God wants us to pray, right? It's high holidays, I need to go pray, or person is uh, prays on a daily, or even supposed to pray three times a day, and Maimonides actually says this. He says that uh, avodah shebelev, that prayer is like an avodah. It is a duty, a devotion, and it is. But we have to remember, and this is key to understanding self-transformation, is that God does not need our prayers. Not only does God not need our prayers, God doesn't need us to be jumping through hoops. We're not praying for, for God. God isn't just... Uh, enjoining us to do these things just to do them. The term for prayer in Hebrew is lehit uh, palel. Palal, the root, means to judge. So in effect, the root of the word to pray means to evaluate ourselves, self-evaluation. And how does this process work? Um, and how does it not just become a process of meditation or self-reflection? Where is God in all of this? So the act of prayer causes us to evaluate who we are and what we want. Right? We distinguish between what we need and what we want and get to what we really need and what we need vis-a-vis -vis God. So... Um, Prayer as a request is a fundamental dimension of prayer. But um, if we ask God for a Range Rover and a house in the Hamptons or the Israeli version of a house in Caesarea, so 
we stop and we think, is that really what's most important? Is that what I'm really going to use my cred for, right? There is a concept that we have a certain merits before the Almighty, and we should choose carefully what we kind of uh, put those merits up for, so to speak. So just the act of turning to the Almighty and asking for our needs gets us to reevaluate what we truly need and who we are and what we're going to use it for and gets us focused in the good purposes within our lives. So one exercise is to think of all the things I want and then ask ourselves, is this what God really wants from me? In other words, is this what I really am going to ask God for? Right? So if a child asks their parents to borrow the car and said, well, what are you going to do with the car? Oh, I'm going to go drag racing with my friends. So you won't get the car. If you say, oh, I want to go drive the, old, no, the elderly neighbor to the store, much more likely to get it. So just the act of standing before the Almighty is an act of self-reflection on who I am and hopefully of self-transformation that we focus upon the more meaningful sides of who we are, the more godly sides, and that's what we bring out and that will then change our direction of the things that we're pursuing in our lives, hopefully. So that's what prayer lead palel to evaluate ourselves, see who we are, see what we want to be, and stand that before the Almighty. That's our second point. The third dimension of prayer is connection. And this is where it's challenging. And prayer is hard. I find prayer hard. Yes, there have been those moments of feeling so connected and so part of something greater than I myself and so connected to everything, all the energy of the universe and to God's goodness and feeling God's love. But those moments, unfortunately, are the exception, not the rule. And so how do we get to that place? If the passion comes on its own, then great. But what happens when it doesn't? And that's why Judaism has so much structure and in prayer because it's particularly the times when I don't want to pray that I most need to pray. And that's why doing prayer as an avodah, as a divine devotion, is very effective. And if we do that, then we can get ourselves to that place. We take three steps forward at the beginning of the Amidah, the silent prayer. And some synagogues, many synagogues, will have a verse over the ark and the one for me that's the most powerful is Shiviti Hashem Negdi Tamid. I place God constantly before me. And of course, we don't believe God is up or God is before, God is everywhere. But for ourselves, taking those three steps forward is focusing on the reality of being in the presence of the Almighty. We believe we're always in the presence of the Almighty. And when after Adam ate from the fruit that he wasn't supposed to, God, uh, uh, Adam becomes aware of God. He hides in the garden. And God says, where are you? Right? 
So Adam's trying to hide. So we're doing the opposite. We're trying to connect. And within us, there is a deep desire to connect, to connect that which is greater than us, to open up our hearts, to feel the transcendence of that moment. So that's the first step. And part of the reality of prayer is making God real for us. That's the first step which is sometimes a challenge, and that has to do with belief, with emunah, which we can talk about another time. Uh, sometimes emunah is intellectual, and we need to bring it to our hearts, because prayer is avodah shebelev, the service of the heart. And God wants our heart, wants our deepest desires and yearnings, so to speak. That's what we're trying, the level we're trying to connect on. So, um, so the power of prayer and bringing the passion back into prayer the rabbis say don't make your prayer something fixed but rather tachanunin lifnei Hashem beseeching before God and the second half is do we really believe that God hears our prayers that's the second challenge Believing the reality of God, feeling the reality of God's presence, and then the reality that God does hear us. And, you know, there's the expression that there's no atheist in the foxhole. So one of my teachers once said, there are atheists in the foxhole. There are some die-hard atheists. But, he said, uh, there's no people who believe in God who, when they're in danger or in a trying situation, don't turn and really supplicate before God. Um, someone who was in the Six-Day War here told a story when we used to bring groups over. Uh, and the story was that they were in an uh, emplacement right opposite Jordan, near Netanya, and they were really holding the line of the narrowest spot of Israel, right? So this was a vital uh, position. And there were five of them in this gun, machine gun emplacement. One of them was a big Russian guy. They caught him, the mule. He used to carry the heavy ammunition. And this Russian was always making fun of them. He, uh, David was the religious guy with the kippah and praying. And he used to make fun of him. And he even used to make fun of the others because when they the shooting started, they would start to pray. And, one, and uh, the next day, the war, the Six-Day War, actually broke out. The Jordanians uh, started to invade and attack. And they heard the missile fire coming towards them. And he said, you could tell when it was really coming towards you. And all of a sudden, this Russian, the mule, screams out the one, the avowed person who said he wasn't going to pray and how weak they were, screams out, Shema Yisrael, Hashem, Elokeinu Hashem, Echad. So in those moments, those moments when we are in a state of turmoil, when we're struggling, when there's illness, when we're in a difficult situation, maybe lose a job, that's when we really start praying for real. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing because we're showing that deep down we really do believe that the Almighty is there and that the Almighty can hear our prayers. You know, there's, they have what's called Pascal's Wager, right? 
I don't know if I believe in God, Pascal said, but 50-50 maybe God does exist. So I'll live as if he does because, you know, what do I have to lose? And I'm, you know, working the odds on the right way. So if that was merely the case, we wouldn't be praying with real heartfelt sincerity and passion. So part of the challenge is that we feel like, does God really hear us? Because we've prayed and we haven't gotten what we asked or what we need. And sometimes the answer to that is simply that God did answer, but the answer is no. Sometimes even what we need, we don't get now because we need to go through some other process. And so that shouldn't uh, uproot our trust, our belief either, although often it does. And the, the challenge is also to say that I'm not going to wait until things are bad in order to pray. That's not the right attitude to have. I should be praying when things, first of all, certainly when things are good, and a fundamental dimension of prayer is request, but an equally fundamental, if not more fundamental, is gratitude. That we should pray when we have the good times, not, the, not simply the bad. Because if God can give us in the challenging times, then God has helped us in the good times. And that's when we particularly should be grateful. And, um, and so that is the challenge, is to come in the times of when we are at peace, Come in the times when things are okay. Come in the times when things are just simply, you know, day in, day out. And still make those moments a moment of passionate awareness of the Almighty. And that's why in the morning blessings, in the prayer book, we have thanking God for the most simple, basic things in our life. What is the idea of, of a bracha? Baruch atah Hashem. When we say, blessed are you, Lord our God. King of the universe. Do you ever really think about what those words mean? So what does bracha mean? Bracha means, from the word brechad, could mean a well, an overflowing. Bracha, a blessing, when someone sneezes and you say, bless you, you mean, may there be goodness to you, may there be good health to you. When you give a person a blessing, you're wishing goodness upon them. So, does God need our blessing? Does God need us to give him, give him a blessing? So there's another understanding, which is that when we say Baruch Hashem, it's not a wish, it's a recognition that God is the source of all blessing. You Almighty are Bracha, Baruch Hashem. You are blessing. And that is fundamentally showing gratitude and recognition of God, of God as the source of all blessing. And that's the most fundamental place where it starts. And so if we focus on what we don't have and what we need, we'll always be unhappy. If we start to focus on our blessings, that's the first step towards happiness as well. And especially if we realize the blessings come from beyond us. Because it means God loves us. So, and takes care of us. And is like our parent in heaven, Avinu Shabbat So, that's the first understanding. 
The second understanding, Baruch HaTashem, is to say that we can give God a blessing. How? So as I mentioned, we don't, God doesn't need us to pray to him. But in a sense, we are the ones who have the role to bring godliness into the world. So when we say, when we recognize that the God is source of blessing, in a sense, we're giving God a blessing. We are increasing godliness in the world. And that's a role of prayer as well. And that's where prayer in public, minyan, comes in. Next few weeks, we'll talk about the role of public prayer. It's again, especially in light of the high holidays and whether our high holidays will fully be able to be with a community this year. So, um, but when we do have communal prayer and we're answering the Kaddish, Yehei Shmei Rabbah Mavrach, we're doing the Baruch Hu, we're blessing God together, we're bringing more godliness and world in the public. And so there is a dimension of prayer that is Tzarech Gavoa, the Kabbalists see prayer as a conduit for bringing down God's blessing and God's energy into the world and not primarily for us. We're doing it as, in a sense, avodah, devotion of bringing godliness into the world. And there's even an idea in the Nefesh HaChayim, Rav Chaim Belozhin, uh, who wrote his book based on Kabbalistic ideas, that we can rebalance spiritual imbalances even through prayer. And God gave this conduit that we can open up. So why? Because we're created in the image of God. So we, in a sense, have a divine connection that we can, only we can bring down. So back to our question. Does, how do we get to the point of really feeling that God prayer works for us? So one way is to remember times when God has come through for us. It's a beautiful book called Small Miracles. In the book, there's a story of a mother. She's a single mother, three little kids, and just got divorced. And it was a hard divorce. And she was working part-time, struggling to make ends meet. And a few months later, she gets to close to the end of the month, and she's at the end of the rope. She doesn't even have food, money for food. If she spends all, if she pays the rent at the beginning of the month, then she won't have money for the first week for food. And she simply turns to God and says to God, God, I'm doing what I can. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. Please, you have to come through for me. Later that evening, she gets a call from a relative, cousin who lives in town and says, oh, you know, I know that you've been having a hard time and I've been meaning to come over, but just, you know, well, here I am. You know, I'd like to come over. So they came over, knocked on the door with bags of groceries in their hands, uh, having an idea that this was a struggling single mother, put the bags down on the table, spent a little time there, tried to lift her spirits, and left, and as she was, mother was unpacking the groceries, she saw that was an envelope in the bag. And in the envelope was the $800 that she needed for the month's rent, down to the dollar of the sum that she needed. And so, here we have it, that her prayer that she made a couple of hours ago was being filled 
from the most unlikely of places that she didn't expect. And so we do believe that God can hear our prayers. And so often things come to us that we didn't expect. They come from a path that we totally didn't expect. And if we remember those times and see the power of our prayers for the Almighty to answer us, then we'll go forward and know that that will continue and that we can feel the connection, we can feel God's help, and the passion will return to our prayers, simply on the level, as we said, of turning inwards and having prayer as an opportunity to focus and to focus on the internal rather than the external. Two, that uh, we'll we'll, we'll have the awareness that prayer is for us to transform ourselves in the act of standing before the Almighty and asking God. And three, that it'll reconnect us to that which is beyond us and to feel we're standing in God's presence and to feel God truly hears our prayers. May we all be blessed with that. Have a good evening.